Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Are you ready for the Word today? Uh, today, as you get ready, we're going to be going to Matthew chapter 28. And uh, let me encourage you to get your Bible, you know, uh, get something to take some notes on, because I believe that God speaks to us, okay? And I, I hope you're comfortable there, and you're healed, and you're healthy, and that God is blessing you and increasing you. You know, I believe that 2020, despite everything else, 2020 is a year of increase. I know a lot of things have increased that we really don't, uh, didn't want to increase. But as well, it is a year of increase. God is, is doing something behind the scenes. And many of you, you know, uh, at least financially, many of you uh, have, have done very well uh, during this particular uh, COVID concern and during 2020. Uh, but there are some things that are ongoing right now, not only here in our nation, but around the world that is um, really ramping up. Uh, you know, when things get bad, God gets good. And things have gotten pretty bad, and God is getting pretty good. And he's really about to do some things that I think that we haven't seen before. I believe that, in fact, that prophecy in our day, it looks as though that we are beginning to see prophecy unfold in real time. You know, we waited. The Apostle John said that, uh, you know, we were in the last hour. That was 1,900 years ago. And it looks like that it's, you know, uh, you know, a thousand years is like a day. I mean, uh, well, 19... 1900 years so far has been like an hour, uh, less than an hour. So certainly we are in these last, you know, perhaps few seconds of this age. And we need to hold that in our thought this morning while we look at the message. And the title of my message uh, today is who? Who? Well, uh, question mark, who? Uh, let's, uh, uh, let's get ready with Matthew chapter 28. Uh, while you're finding that, uh, let me tell you what happened to me Friday night. Friday night, early Saturday morning, I had a dream. Okay? And, uh, you know, I, I have been given to dreams, uh, you know, most of my life. And many times they don't mean anything. But you know what happens when that dream that you have won't leave you. It's, it's there. It, 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 it puts a mark on your life. It, it's, it's something, that, that spiritual experience um, that, that you have with a dream that comes from God. Well, I had a God dream. Uh, Friday night, early Saturday morning, just, uh, just uh, you know, uh, night before last. Uh, and in that dream, my father-in-law, Louis Boston, who has already gone to his heavenly reward, uh, Louis Boston uh, had brought an older man. I would say he was, you know, 85, 88, 90 years old, a little older. And um, he was a fisherman. I had, I, I recognized him uh, from, uh, from my childhood past as, a, uh, as, as one of the local men who lived in, in northeast Texas there. Um, and his last name was Coleman. And he brought this uh, uh, older gentleman to my church. Now, you would have to know the history between me and my father-in-law. Uh, you know, uh, he's, 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 you know, a fine man. You know, um, um, you know um, he believed the Word of God. Uh, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he and I um, didn't always agree. Uh, we, we didn't verbally disagree. 
but there was just um, a gap in our relationship that had been close, and then it, it, uh, it, there was a gap there for about 17 years. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I continued uh, believing uh, what I believed, and he believed what he believed, but then we, we actually uh, came back to the place where we uh, you know, really enjoyed uh, our conversations. I mean, so much. We would have such wonderful conversations, and uh, he would share uh, stories. Uh, you know, he loved to tell stories, and uh, he had visited so many of the places that I had visited, and just, uh, it was just uh, a good relationship. And um, he would get so excited, he would get uh, a little bit tickled when he was going to share something that he was excited about. And a grin would come across his face, and he would, he would you know, uh, get excited and tell it and just laugh while he was telling it. And, uh, you know, those were some good times. Well, this dream that I had, uh, uh, he brought this man to my church, which, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, uh, I'm charismatic, neo-Pentecostal, full gospel, uh, you know, spirit-filled uh, you know, uh, interdenominational, non-denominational, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it seemed rather odd that he would bring this man and to, to, to join the church that I was pastoring, even though he loved me and cared about me and, you know, and, uh, but it was just, it was just interesting. And so, uh, when I asked him, well, uh, you know, why, why, why did you bring this man to my church to join my church, the church that I pastor? Uh, and uh, he smiled with that little excited smile that he would get, kind of chuckling. And uh, he said, who is going to teach him how to live his life now that he's born again? Who's going to teach him how to live his life now that he's born again? And all of a sudden it hit me in the dream that someone needed to teach this man how to live his life. I mean, he had been born again and, and that uh, my father-in-law, Louis Boston, in my dream was so excited because he was, he was like handing off this, 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 this soul to me, this, this, this person that had been born again. Uh, one, you know, uh, uh, you know he, he was handing him, you know, he knew or at least he, he inspired me and encouraged me to believe that he trusted that I would teach this man how to live his life now that he was born again. Well, when I woke up, I was unable to get away from the words that he said and from the smile on his face. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, the question of who was going to teach uh, people how to live their lives, who was going to teach people how to, to, uh, to uh, you know, get a biblical worldview, who was going to teach people, you know, how to love and how to care and, and you know, how to make decisions and, and what to think about things based on the Word of God, who was going to teach people how to live their lives pleasing to God once they were born again. That, that, that just kept going over and over and over in my mind. I, uh, I, I knew the dream was from God, and I felt as though that it was not only an encouragement, but a mandate. You know, uh, almost, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, being patted on the back, and, you know, uh, you, you know, you've made a good first lap. <laughs> now, you really need to, you know, uh, make another lap and get, get geared up here. This is, this is still important. Even in the midst of all of the difficulties, this is still important. And the increasing importance of the church as I went through my day yesterday, 
uh, kept flashing back and flashing back to those words and that face kept seeing it over and over. Uh, I really realized how much God needs the church. And, you know, what is the church? The church is people. The church is us. The church is you. The church is me. How much God needs the church. You know, the church does not exist without people. And, and the church is every individual joined together. We, the church, how much God needs us to teach people how to live their lives pleasing to God. Uh, know that, uh, that you believe that. But today is going to be a real encouragement in how we can accomplish that, especially in these days. You know, uh, not everyone is raised with a biblical worldview. In fact, very few people are. And then that biblical worldview is often taxed and it's often challenged throughout the lives that people live in this world that is so mindful right now of being politically correct and so mindful right now of of, you know, canceling things and moving out that, that aren't perfect out of the way. And, uh, you know, yet we are challenged by God to remember why we are here. The dream that I had Friday night, early Saturday morning, was a confirmation on uh, a spiritual experience that I had in 1982. I don't want to seem spooky because I'm more of a practical person, but I'm spiritually practical. I believe in, in uh, you know, miracles, and I believe in the resurrection, and I believe in, you know, in the coming again of Jesus, and I believe in the dreams and visions and angels, and, uh, uh, and I had this experience. I, I, you know, all I can do is offer it to you, but the dream night before last confirmed that once again. This is the third confirmation I've had on this particular dream since 1982. It was July the 4th, 1982 specifically, and I had set aside some days for prayer and fasting. And I had gone to a trailer house owned by my mom and dad, and uh, I, I was by myself, and I had moved a piano into their um, living room of that trailer house. And there, uh, during the day, I, I, I lost a lot of track of time during the days because I kept, you know, the curtains drawn and, you know, and just enclosed myself night and day and just, uh, just uh, fasted and, and was praying and seeking God. And, and um, I was sitting uh, at, the, at the keyboard in their living room and uh, I was playing a song and worshiping. Uh, and, and, and as I worshiped, I was singing a song that says, Within the veil I now come to look upon your face and see your matchless grace. There is such beauty there, none other can compare. I worship you, O Lord, within the veil. And I was just repeating that worship song over and over. Within the veil I now come. In fact, I sang it yesterday over and over and over. You know, to see your matchless grace, Gosh, over and over. As I was worshiping there that day, I felt the presence of God move into that trailer house. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, uh, you know, what do you feel? Well, you know, you've probably felt it. You've, you've, you've felt something that makes, you know, the, 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 the hair on your arms and, and, and your neck stand up and, 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 you, and you begin to tingle. It's almost like wind blowing on you or, or something. It's, it's, it's a coolness. It's, it, it, it's, it's something that's, that's physically uh, impacting. It's, it's, it's a tangible spiritual feeling. And I, and I felt it moving 
worshiping him. So much so that I remember while I was playing and had my eyes closed and worshiping God, I, I, I became just a little bit afraid. I, I don't know how else to explain it, uh, but I felt a little afraid to even open up my eyes. I didn't know, uh, you know, I was, you know, you may know that feeling. If you don't, uh, uh, well, um, just trust me. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, <laughs> neither scary nor comforting. It's alerting. It's a heightened sense of awareness that, that, that something else, that, that there's, there's something there. And so I, I worshiped continually and I, and I just opened up my eyes a little bit and I looked to my left and through the kitchen door there, I could see like a mist rolling in, like a fog. It, it wasn't like a smoke. It was more like a, a, a misty, you know, it, it wasn't dense. I, 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 I could see through it, but I could see it was there and it, uh, it was, you know, kind of rolling and, and, and moving uh, in, 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 in the kitchen area. And, and I, you know, I mean, uh, I, I didn't know what else to do, but, you know, you know I, I knew that Moses had, had, when he saw the burning bush he went toward it and so he turned aside so I, I, I got up and, 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 and continued to worship the Lord and, and began to walk toward the kitchen and when I stepped into that doorway I felt it uh, it wasn't wet, but it felt wet, but it wasn't wet in it. And, and it was cool and it was, it was moving and, I, I, and it, was, it was interesting I, I, I don't know how else to explain it and immediately I felt the presence of God uh, and, and the humbling of my heart. And I fell to my knees and down on my face. And I just began to cry and I began to cry out to God. I don't know how long I was there, but uh, when I became aware uh, again, it was almost like uh, there were two things going on. There I was, uh, you know, uh, crying out to God and, and, and crying the same thing over and over, a guttural, deep cry to God. And yet my mind was, was observing that. I was, uh, you know, uh, I was, uh, it, it, was, it was a strange thing. Something spiritual uh, from my heart, from my spirit, and something as well from my mind. And uh, so uh, I, I heard myself over and over saying, God, bless your people. Bless your people, God. God, bless your people. Bless your people, God. God, bless your people. Bless your people, God. And I remember my mind thinking, well, I sure am glad that I'm saying that. I'm glad that's what's in my heart because I, I, I felt like that it was pouring out of my heart. And I thought, uh, you know, I mean, it may sound silly, but I was thinking, man, I'm glad that's in my heart. And I'm glad I'm not asking for, you know, uh, something frivolous or something, you know, selfish or something. And so as I was, uh, you know, thinking about what I was hearing, uh, however that works, uh, it was strange, but uh, I all of a sudden was interrupted. A voice thundered. It shook me and it shook uh, you know, uh, it, it just began to shook me, sh shake me. And, it, and, 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 and I, I felt like it was vibrating me and thundering. And, you know, if anyone else had been there, I'm not sure they could have heard it. I, they, they probably wouldn't have. But for me, it was thundering. And it interrupted both uh, what I was praying out of my spirit and what I was thinking in my mind. And, and that, that, that sudden interruption with that voice, uh, it, was, it was God. And God said... I have blessed my people. Now go and teach them how to walk in my blessings. Wow. I was crying out, God, bless your people. Bless your people, God. 
God bless your people. And he said, I have blessed them. Go. Well, all God wanted to do was to confirm, perhaps, within me that he had called me to teach people how to walk in his blessings. With that moment, the cloud withdrew and I lifted myself up and the floor was all wet where I'd been crying and slobbering. Uh, but that day marked for me the day that I received a call from God on my life, an anointing, and I have had firm direction for the rest of my life. Many people have, have come to me since and said, oh, you know, you're this, you're that, you do this, you must be this, you must be that. You know, I don't know. And, and quite frankly, you know, I, 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 I just have paid no attention to those things because I know what God said to me. God called me to be a teacher of his word, to teach people how to live their lives pleasing to him, how to live in this world. So Friday night's dream confirmed God's desire once again that he wants his children to be taught and he has invited me to participate in that. And I'm here this morning to tell you that having spent my day, uh, you know, yesterday in prayer and deep meditation and consideration of what God had said to me, I am convinced that he has called every one of his children to teach others how to live their lives pleasing to him. I had a dramatic experience. I had a real spiritual encounter that for me changed my life. You know, perhaps, uh, you know, the best I can offer to you is the word of God this morning and that something on the inside of you might say yes and amen to the need that God has, to the plan that God has, to the purpose that God has, and to the dire moment that we are in today on planet earth. Certainly in these last days, at least in our last days. And also, it's the last days for so many who are wandering around in darkness, perhaps some who are yet to be born again, but maybe some who have already invited Jesus to be their Lord and Savior and just no one has taken the time to share with them because maybe no one feels responsible maybe no one feels capable maybe no one feels empowered maybe no one feels the 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 right or the calling God has called us you see the only marching orders that Jesus ever gave the church was to go into all the world and preach the gospel that's the only marching orders God has for the church. And, and as I've heard uh, many others say, uh, uh, you, know, uh, through, you know, throughout the years, that, that when a church ceases to be evangelistic, when a church ceases to make disciples, perhaps it forfeits its right to exist. Hmm. Because the mandate of Almighty God is upon the church. And the only marching orders we have ever been given is to go into all the world and make disciples. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to make disciples of all nations. This is the will of God. This is called the Great Commission. And that's where we're going to draw our attention this morning. Have you found Matthew chapter 28? Matthew chapter 28 in verse 16. Uh, listen closely. Uh, to what the word says here. Verse 16. This is, by the way, after Jesus had been crucified, 
buried, resurrected, and had appeared to his disciples, perhaps now for, for you know, um, five weeks, you know, almost 40 days now, perhaps. And uh, verse 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Would you look back with me for just a moment in verse 17? This is what caught my attention as I studied for this message today. Look what it says. I'll paraphrase it. When the 11 disciples saw Jesus, it's not the first time that he had appeared to them. But this time, on the mountain in Galilee, when the eleven disciples saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. You know, I questioned the Lord yesterday. I said, Lord, some doubted? You know? These are the best you have. These are the 11 disciples. These are the ones that have walked with you for, you know, uh, three and a half years to this point. And, and, and they saw you arrested and, and, and crucified and buried and resurrected. And you appeared to them now. This is, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, not the first, the second, the third time. I mean, here you are appearing to them and, uh, you know, and they worship you. But some doubted. Which ones doubted? Why did they doubt? And what in the world were they doubting? The Greek word here, doubt, the Greek word that is translated into the English word doubt that's used by Matthew here to describe how these disciples felt and to describe the experience that they're having is the Greek word distadzo. And uh, it means to think twice or to have second thoughts. It's from a root word that means twice, or it means to duplicate. It means to duplicate the decision-making process. It means that you make a decision, and then you begin to have second thoughts. You begin to duplicate. You begin to think twice. You know, uh, whenever, you know, you made a solid decision, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're having second thoughts. That's what was going on in the minds of these 11 while they were worshiping Jesus. They were worshiping the resurrected Messiah. They were worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They were worshiping, you know, uh, uh, you know <laughs> Jesus. And at the same time, something different was going on in their head. While they were worshiping, they were doubting. While they were worshiping, they were having second thoughts. I don't think they were having second thoughts about his resurrection. I don't think they were having second thoughts about his, his, his uh, you know, deity. I don't think they were having second thoughts about who he was. I think they were having second thoughts about who they were. I think they were having second thoughts about what he wanted them to do. I think that they uh, were wondering, you know, <laughs> can I do this? I mean, 
I certainly understand how the followers of Jesus would have second thoughts. Uh, uh, they had been with Jesus and they had seen him heal the sick and cleanse the leper and raise the dead and cast out devils. They'd seen him, you know, multiply the fish and loaves and feed the multitude. They'd seen him walk on water. They, they'd seen him push through crowds that were wanting to hurt him. They, they, they had seen him preach the living word of Almighty God with such clarity that it changed the hearts of men and women. They had seen him in action. And now... He was passing the torch to them, and they knew them. They knew what was in them. They knew they weren't him. How could they ever measure up? How could they carry on the work that he was leaving them to do? You know, perhaps you have had some second thoughts. I know I have. I mean, I don't know who hasn't. I have wondered from time to time, and I've had to battle second thoughts. You know, did God really call me? And, you know, is what I'm doing making a difference? And I mean, I'm, I, I know I'm working hard, and I know I'm worshiping Him, and I, I believe in Him. You know, I'm not sure about me. But He is. He is sure about you. You see, these 11 were the very best that he had. And today, you are the very best that he has. We are all he has. For the people that he has called us to reach and teach, we are the only ones he has. Perhaps for your family, your friends, your workplace, those that you go to school with, perhaps your, your siblings. You know, you know, maybe that one on the road. Maybe you are the only one. Maybe, maybe that, you know, Facebook friend. Maybe there's no one else that can get through to them. Maybe, you know, maybe, not maybe. I know for certain you are the very best he has to do what he needs you to do. I've had second thoughts. And I've often felt inadequate to the task that God has evidently called me to. But then I read the rest of this great commission. Because as they were worshiping, he understood that they were having second thoughts. And so he said to them, I need you to do this. And he ended this by saying to them, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you. you know, whenever I, I ask myself the question, and it's a, it's a fair question, can I really do this? You know, I mean, am I, am, you know, can I? I'm reminded he is with me. And it's not me in my own grace, not me in my own power, not me in my own authority, not me in my own wisdom, not me in my own understanding, not me in my own strength, but God is with me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, Jesus chose his followers 
they did not choose him. You can read about that in John 15, verse 16. And let me tell you, Jesus has chosen you. You know, you didn't choose him. He chose you. He believes in you. You think you believe in him? He believes in you. He believes in you more than you believe in you. He believes in you. He needs you. You are the best he has. And Jesus will be with you. And just like John 15, 16 says, you will bear fruit. If you will just do what he said, if you will just go. And as you go, you know, you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit if you just follow the Great Commission. You know, uh, worship Jesus. Worship him. But while you're worshiping, don't, don't let second thoughts rule your life. Cast them down every time they come to you and remind yourself that he is with you and that you're the best that he has. You have been authorized and you have been empowered to make disciples of Christ, to teach others how to live a life that is pleasing to him. You are the best he has, just like the 11. You are the best he has. This morning, I'm going to encourage you to not get distracted and not to allow second thoughts to rule your life. We cannot afford to get sidetracked and detoured and derailed to become disillusioned by the devil or the problems that surround us in our world in these times. We are living in the last days. We are living in perhaps the last few seconds. You know, uh, I know we have to be at least in the last minute. As I said earlier, end-time prophecies are beginning to unfold in real time. The plan of God has not changed, nor has the Great Commission. God still chooses and uses people, and He's choosing and using the church today, and you are the church. Here's what Jesus wants you to do. Number one, we're going to follow this pattern. Number one, we're going to worship Him. We're not going to worship any other thing. We're not bowing to any other thing. We're going to worship him. We're going to worship him and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. We're going to openly worship him. I heard Brenda, my wife, in the backyard yesterday worshiping, worshiping out loud, worshiping him. You know, uh, worshiping him. Listen, worship him. Number two, as you go, Wherever you go, make disciples. Now, that can be intimidating. That make disciples can be intimidating. But listen, we're not making disciples unto ourselves. We're making disciples of Christ. How? How does a person make a disciple of Jesus? What does making disciples mean? Now, how do you do this? Well, number one, you have to make some friends. Okay? You need to make some friends. You need to make some friends on purpose. And you need to introduce these friends to Jesus. That's one of the things that I saw in, in that dream is that uh, Lewis, my father-in-law, he had a friend and, and he had invested in this friend and he had led him. He had introduced him to Jesus. You know, and he wanted to make sure that his friend was taught. He was not on earth. He was, you know, uh, I, I knew in my dream that, that, that Lewis was, was already in heaven. And, and he wanted someone to take care of this friend, to teach his friend how to live. Listen, uh, we need to teach our friends how to live for Christ. Old friends, new friends, siblings, children. 
You can begin with your family. You can begin with your neighbors to begin to display Christ in your life and not be ashamed of, of giving them Scripture, of, of encouraging them to hold on to a biblical worldview. And then number three, you know, number one, call worship Jesus. Number two, make disciples. Number three, work till Jesus comes. It's just not something we can do just once. It's something we need to do every day. That's what he left his 11 disciples to do. And that's what the Great Commission means to us. Work till Jesus comes. He'll be with us. Don't worry. Work till Jesus comes. And let me tell you, that shouldn't be very long. I don't think it'll be a long time. But work till he comes. Our closing scripture for today. I mentioned it earlier in John 15 and verse 16. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that, your, that, that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. Well, I'm asking God for greater opportunities to please him to make disciples, to accomplish the Great Commission. Let me encourage you, become a part of reaching out to someone today. If you are not sure that you were born again, there's a simple process to receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Number one, if you recognize that you need a Savior, and you do, then it's important that you repent of your sins, that you ask God to simply forgive you. Once you turn your life around and turn it toward him and give your life to him, then you need to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You do that in prayer by simply asking him, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Recognize, repent, and receive Jesus Christ. You can do that right now while I pray for us. And if you need anything else, make sure that you connect with us at cotr.com. Father, Lord, we thank you, sir, for making a way for us to receive salvation. We recognize, Lord, that we need you. And God, we turn our life over to you. God, forgive us where we have failed you, Lord. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Cleanse us from unrighteousness. And God... Send Jesus into our heart, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, God, receive our souls, Lord, cleansed by the blood of Jesus before you. We ask, Lord, that you would use us, Lord. We know, God, that we believe in you, Lord. and We are encouraged today that you also believe in us. God, use us. Use us today for your glory. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Be healed. Be blessed. Be encouraged and increased in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.